day, lovely listeners. Welcome to episode 79 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlor. It's a big, sexy bonus episode because I love you so much or something. And uh, joining me for this big, sexy special bonus episode is a friend of the show, uh, senior Spider-Man correspondent and uh, winner of the most disappointed in How I Met Your Mother finale for three years running. It's Sam Harrison. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me back against your better judgment. <laughs> the thing is, right, you keep messaging me and saying, do you want to do a bonus episode about this? Or do you want to do a bonus episode about that? And I can't keep saying no, can I really? No. Just don't give me much of a choice. <laughs> yeah. No, I love you really. I completely, I completely agree. It's a terrible idea to have me on every time. Uh, mostly because there's usually one cat trying to ruin the podcast, but now there are two. So another little one. And he's he's literally he, his favourite thing is to run on the keyboard. So Brilliant. be prepared. <laughs> What's the little cat's name? Because the, the big cat's Barry Allen, isn't it? He is. The second cat is called Augustus, or Gus for short. Mm-hmm. Which is, we just call him Gus. But it's because we last time Fiona agreed on Barry without Allen. She refuses to call him Barry Allen, but uh, <laughs> she she agreed on Barry because she was like, I want to call my cat by a fun old mad name and <laughs> right. so she was fine she was fine with barry but when the second cat came around and i basically she didn't really want to get a second cat so i kind of had to convince her it took about a year of begging for her to actually take one on so i kind of didn't have as much say in the cat naming department mm-hmm. because i wanted to call him taco <laughs> because of course you did yeah, because A, I love tacos, but also B, if you haven't listened to the McElroy Brothers podcast, The Adventure Zone, uh, you, you really miss out on life. I have too many podcasts in my life already, Sam. Stop trying to sell me on new ones. I'm very lucky that I get to listen to podcasts a lot at work. Oh, don't bite me. Sorry, I get, I get to listen to podcasts <laughs> a lot while I'm working. So I actually managed to keep up with the like 15, 20 a week, which is quite good. That's quite impressive. But speaking of Barry Allen... We're here for a very... (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) But you've really ruined it by calling attention to how good the segue was. That's the problem. Do you want to do it again? I'll edit it out. Yeah. No, uh, keep it all in, but I will do it again. (laughs) So, speaking of Barry Allen, uh, we're here for a very special reason, which is to talk about Crisis on Earth X. Yeah, we are. The Arrowverse DC TV crossover. Uh, So... A little background for everybody. Four episodes. Uh, ran on two days this week. Uh, so it was Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, then Legends. Uh, I, I suggested to Stace that we record this review episode because I'm a huge fan of the Arrowverse. That you are. And uh, uh, I thought, you know, maybe uh, the listeners might have some questions. Turns out they don't, or at least they haven't sent any to me on Twitter. <laughs> or I don't have any listeners. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I think we have lots of listeners, but I don't think we give them enough notice, you know? Yeah, they're just in hiding. That's what it is. They're, they're you know, they're the kind of guys who are like, oh, yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, I thought, you know, let's talk about the Arrowverse, and also let's just talk about how genuinely great this crossover was, in my opinion. What, what's your opinion, Stace? Were you a fan? <laughs> okay, well, before I get into whether or not I was a fan of it, I should preface this by saying that I haven't watched Supergirl since episode two of series two, I think. Right. I haven't watched Arrow since forever. I've seen 
I d- like I've seen the odd episode to the point where I've probably seen about a season's worth, but not of one season. <laughs> 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 and and I stopped watching Legends after the first series as well because I realised right at the end of the first series that I didn't like it and I didn't know why I was watching it to begin with. <laughs> so um, I'm only watching The Flash, even though I know that it's not perfect. And I will say that Crisis on Earth X surrounds like Barry and Iris's oh massive spoilers and that's the thing I just cannot get behind <laughs> like at all. But overall I really liked it. I think that it's hard to say that that's a spoiler. I think there's well, you know, we can definitely go into full spoiler zone soon. But like I, I don't know, but like I I expect a lot of nerds on the internet have found it hard to get away from trailers and clips and images and stuff because a lot I say a lot, but a lot of like nerdy YouTube channels and stuff have been covering it. That's very true. Uh, that is very true. Yeah. But yeah, I um I did I did actually really enjoy it. the um we'll go into like each episode in more depth, but I do think episode two like dropped the ball pretty heavily for me. Um I barely made any notes on that episode because I think it was really boring. And I think a lot of the points It's just all set up, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of the points from that could probably have just been shoved into the end of the first episode or the start of the third, and I think I would have been fine with just three. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think they wanted this year to do all four shows because they got a lot of complaints last year when they said it's going across all four shows. And then the Supergirl episode was just an episode of Supergirl with two minutes of flash on the end. Yeah, that was a nightmare. I mean, like, I I also really enjoyed it. Um, I I think it's the best crossover they've done to date. And I would say that probably the first episode of the crossover the Supergirl episode was, I, I, I want to conservatively say, the best episode from all four, of all four shows combined, like, for the whole, the whole of their run. Oh, I wow. just think that there was so much, there's just so much good in that episode. My previous tops would be maybe, like, I'd say there's probably one really good episode in season two of Legends that I can never kind of separate those that season because it's kind of one long storyline and they tend to take less breaks away from the story in legends than they do in the other shows the episode of flash from this season where nobody believes him that the thinker is the thinker uh, i think that's genuinely one of the best episodes of flash yeah so yeah i think that that supergirl episode the first episode of the crossover i was literally i was sitting watching on the train and i was grinning ear to ear and like giggling to myself during certain moments. Oh. Like, the episode basically opens with the Flash taking on King Shark while his fiance's like, but no, no, oh, these guys have RSVP'd to the wedding. Fucking, Oliver didn't RSVP to the wedding. He's a groomsman, and it's like two <laughs> days before. Like, if one of my groomsmen was like, oh, yeah, man, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can go. I'd be like, no, it's my fucking wedding. Like... <laughs> I think the thing is as well, when you when you know people who have the ability to travel through time, you can make it to any wedding. Literally any wedding anywhere. You yeah. can do that, it's fine. <laughs> There's a bit like Martin's like, Come on boys, we've got a wedding to get to It's like, yeah, you could literally have two years of adventures and still get there. <laughs> like that's how time travel works, Martin. Not sure if you're aware. It's <laughs> brilliant that is. Yeah, like that opening sequence with that like fake white stripes song in the background oh, mate. is so fun <laughs> those bits 
some music though. Like I was saying to Rich, did they just suddenly have a budget for songs? Or did they suddenly lose a budget for songs and decide to just try and make their own? Because that music was both terrible <laughs> and very prominent. There was like two scenes where there were songs that I was just like, what is this shit? <laughs> really bad. And they're really catchy. I can still like hum the... Like, it was like the most budget white stripes, but they paid like... It's like they pay the guy in a back alley for a White Stripes song. <laughs> like, so, like, there's a lot of things that the CW is very bad at. Number one, wigs. Yes. Number two, original costume ideas. <laughs> <laughs> the evil archer from Earth X is literally wearing a black version of Oliver's costume with some red bits on. Do you know, this was one of my complaints about this, uh, this fo- like, because they're... You, you're not supposed to know who the three sort of big bads are from the other, like, planet mm. at all. And it's like a surprise to Supergirl and Arrow and the, and the Flash in the second episode, I think, when they all take their masks off. They're yeah. like, oh, my God, it's me. And I was like, the Supergirl one is literally wearing a black Supergirl costume with a, an S on it yeah. and has your hair and your exact build. Like, how dumb are you? Yeah. She's like, oh, come on, guys, use your head. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they have... Like, it's very clear that they have the mask so that they can save on the effects budget. Like, that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Because those shows, watching those shows, you can clearly tell that that four-episode arc has the same budget as an entire season of Legends of Tomorrow. And that's fine. (laughs) Like, there are scenes with, like, 200 extras in and stuff. Like, they really do, they really go over the top with it. And it's really well done. And, like... It's the it's the television event of the year for me. Like, there's no television thing that happens that's better than this. I mean, maybe it used to be the Doctor Who Christmas special, but I don't like Peter Capaldi, so whatever. Gasp. I know, but yeah. So, like, I feel like it's the TV event, and it's fine that they spend like the whole budget on it because I expect it makes a shitload of money in advertising. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so like, the, the, like, hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of some other comments before we go into the. Spoiler zone. <laughs> I don't know what's happened with Monel, but I like the fact that he's got a beard. But part of me also wants somebody to Photoshop Henry Cavill's Photoshop chin onto him. <laughs> I don't know why, but I really want that to happen. So if anyone could make that happen, please tweet that image at Stacey's Parlour on Twitter. I want it in my life. Fantastic segue there. <laughs> this was a lot better than Justice League. I haven't seen Justice League yet because I cannot get the gumption to pay money to see it. Like, I'm just like, uh, I'll see it when I see it, I suppose. We have a, a local cinema that's £4 oh, in the town God. next to mine. And uh, me and my future brother-in-law went to see it on opening day. And, like, the first... I'm not even shitting you. The first scene is, like, really bad mobile phone camera footage of some kids interviewing Superman for their podcast. <laughs> they're not even a joke. Oh, they're like... They're like, Superman, Superman, can you answer a question? It's for my podcast. And and Superman looks at them, and it's his horrible CGI face. (laughs) And he goes, well, if it's for a podcast, then I guess I have to. So, you know, Superman has just legitimized the podcasting art form. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, But literally, there's an incredible scene where he's like, Superman is talking to another character. And they do view a close-up of his face, and it's clearly post-reshoots, because his upper lip is just going everywhere, <laughs> and, like, his teeth look... <laughs> his teeth look, like, um, really bad, like, 
They look like they've taken Tom Cruise's teeth and put them in his mouth. Oh, fantastic. It's very, very funny. It's mostly the reason I want to see this movie, if I'm honest, because, like, I've got got no real stake in that fire, really. I just really want to see... Yeah, no horse at this rate. Yeah, I just... I I don't really care. I'm going to see it because I'm a nerd and, you know, Wonder Woman was amazing. But, like, yeah, the chin... The chin and the teeth. I was talking to Rich the other day about how, like, one of the many reasons I think you know, a lot of CGI-style companies don't do a lot of facial stuff is because they can't get natural mouth movements right. And that's the one thing they try and do in this movie. And yeah. it's like, guys, just let him have a just let him have a tash. It's got to be better, surely. I, I feel like what they should have done is put a fake beard on him. Yeah, that might have worked. Because you can do a pretty decent fake beard unless you work on Arrow. But, like, <laughs> you could... You can do a decent fake beard, like, it's not hard. Also, it's really clear that they reshot every single scene Superman is in. Excellent. So every single scene has the uh, CGI lip. Brilliant. It's my new favourite. But yeah, so Monel, my favourite thing about Monel is that you can see that he clearly tried to grow a beard. <laughs> like, he really wanted to. <laughs> but it's like, it's even patchier than Grant Gustin and Stephen Amell's beards. Oh, no. Which, Grant Gustin's beard is real bad. Oh, it's But, like, not. he can grow a rocking tash. He can grow a rocking tash. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. I've got visions now of the guy who plays Monel doing, like, you know, in that episode of The Simpsons where Stan Lee tries to turn into the Hulk and he's like, oh, I really did it once. <laughs> he's trying so hard. <laughs> Oh, bless his beardy face. Well, he tried, didn't he? Yeah. He did. He tried. Uh, (laughs) And I feel like... So, there's a lot lot going on in in these episodes. Mm -hmm. And I like... um, I like that basically every character gets something to do. Like, one scene or, like, a line of dialogue. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's very, very clear that the CW picked the starring characters for their shows and gave them the starring roles. Yeah. Like, they picked their top boys and gave them jobs. Uh, Because, like, Sarah is, like, Sarah, Martin, and Jax are the only Legends characters that get any play whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Although uh, Mick is very funny at the wedding. Uh, Mick's funny all the way through. I love him so much. He's really good. He's been good. Like, season one of Legends, they just didn't know how to use Captain Cold and Heatwave. Uh, they were like, these guys are villains. And they're like, and they're like, oh, but Captain Cold's going to go on this big redemption story. And then it was like, yeah, but then like, Heatwave is an arsonist <laughs> who's murdered hundreds of people Oops. and burned his own family alive and watched it happen and talks about it all the time. And they need to like, there needs to be something going on there. And I feel like they haven't at all explained why he's still on the show and why he still gives a shit. No. Uh, his character's great, and I don't want him to go in any way, shape, or form. And you can tell he's having a fantastic time. Oh, yeah. There, there was one particular scene, and I think it was the second episode, which was the um, the Arrow episode, where, like, everybody's, mm. like, doing a science to figure out what's wrong with Cisco and where this, you know, where the, where she's gone and what's with the radiation in the evil car is blood and like they're all like sitting at computers tippity tapping doing a science doing an IT and he's literally just laying down on a hospital bed drinking a beer like I've got nothing to add here <laughs> it's brilliant yeah. he's just chilling in the background with a beer, like yeah go on whatever so I'll punch someone when I need to <laughs> it's 
great. <laughs> there is no more self-aware character in any Arrowverse <laughs> show than Mick Rory. Oh, hands down, like literally hands down. I like that he doesn't give a single shit about having a costume. Like he literally just wears like a loose-fitting, dirty T-shirt and cargo trousers. <laughs> I, I would nominate him for best character in that show without like without a shadow of a doubt. Oh yeah. Do we want to skip into the spoiler zone now? I think we probably should. Yeah. So I think that our non-spoiler advice would be everybody should 100% watch the show. Yeah. Uh, th- this crossover. It's really well made. Episode 2 is a bit of a drag in terms of it's the one where they have to do all the info dumps and all yeah, the exposition setup. Yeah. yeah, but then it, it lets episode 3 and 4 be what they are, which I think, like, episode 1 is clearly the best of the crossover, in my opinion. But I think that 4 is really close and very good. Yeah. 4 gave me a little bit of a lump in the throat while I was watching it. Oh, my. Bit. Tell me about it. So yeah, I guess let's let's get into it. So episode one yep. is Barry and Iris's wedding. No, no single character in the whole Arrowverse has RSVP'd to this wedding. <laughs> On top of that, though, they don't have any friends apparently in their own city slash universe. Like, like everyone at that. There wedding... are random people at that wedding. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like, like four of them. And husband are there, and that one old lady, I've and then the black you. woman that sat next to. Her. Iris, not Iris, there's like a random black woman there as well. Like, it's a very small wedding, but you know, they've kept it just a real close friends and family. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you know, people from Earth. I mean, you know, yeah, they've just just kept it to real close friends and family. They didn't invite Nate and Amaya, who lived in Central City for a year, or uh, Ray Palmer, you know, hung out with them quite a bit, did a crossover the year before. But, you know, they don't need to invite any of those people. They just need to invite Mick Rory. Uh, <laughs> I love the idea that he's at a Flash wedding. Like, that's ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> like, the wedding guy is like a uh, bride or groom, and he's like, well, I've tried to kill the groom a few times, so I guess bride. That was brilliant. Yeah, and then he sits next to Captain Singh, who probably isn't on the bride's side. Like, he's one of Barry's friends. Oh, my, my word. Uh, oh, yeah, and Captain Singh's like, do I know you? And Mick's like, shakes his hand and just goes, I cops. Like, <laughs> fucking brilliant. Like, that character, Dominic Purcell is 100% having the time of his life. Oh, God, yeah. Like, it's, it's a good time. Uh, I thought, yeah, so I thought the first episode was the best in terms of the opening and the close of the episode. So, like, the opening of the episode is just awesome. Uh, the fact that we get to see the proper Guardian costume was quite good as well. Yeah. Like, with the gold helmet and the American flag shield. Like, that was all very cool. I feel like they've fucked Guardian over completely in uh, Supergirl. No, I don't really... Like, they need to... <laughs> uh, like, in Guardian, in Supergirl, he wears, like, an all-black costume with a silver mask. And it's like, just, guys, like, just, like... The show has a woman who wears, like, American flag colours and flies around in a like, a miniskirt. Like, maybe just... <laughs> maybe just, like, give the guy a golden shield and helmet. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Uh, so, uh, Kara's invited to the wedding and brings her sister. Yeah. I have things to say about the rehearsal dinner. Because they have a rehearsal Big dinner. That's not, it's not a... Di- it's, it's in CC Jitters, because of course it is. Because they only have three sets on the flash. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, the, the, the one main thing 
that that riled me up a little bit was like you know how I was saying earlier that it doesn't quite sit right with me that Barry and Iris are getting married because there's a, a, a tiny squick factor about them being raised as brother and sister and and Joe does a lovely speech which actually includes the words that he's he's their dad and their adorable brother and sister and I'm like no 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 <laughs> You're doing a speech at a wedding where your kids are getting married. Do not point out that they're your kids. <laughs> like, that's, oh. see, like, I see it as though Barry and Iris are like the kind of relationship that you have when your like parents' best friends have a kid your age. Like that's the relationship that I see them having had. Mm. And then like Joe, like Barry's dad goes to jail and his mum's murdered, so Joe takes him on board when he's, like, 12. So, like, yes, they've lived in the same house together as teenagers, but, like, Barry apparently has had a thing for her ever since they met when they were, like, six years old. So, you know, it's uh, it's, it's less skeevy, although I still think they fucked up. Like, they did fuck up by making them essentially brother and sister, like, adopted brother and sister. But, like, Barry calls Joe Joe, he doesn't call him Dad. Like, there's they've made some allowances there that make it less creepy. I suppose. I'm just saying, don't mention it in a wedding speech. <laughs> like, if no. it's a rehearsal dinner or the actual wedding, I just I wouldn't mention that this is your son and your daughter and you're their dad, like, because it's, it's just a bit yeah. weird. And, and the other thing is I have a really big, really big thing about people proposing at other people's like wedding celebrations and i know um so oliver asks felicity to marry him which is like you know like i I don't watch arrow but that feels like it's been on the cards for a while so they got engaged they got engaged at the end of season three yeah and then they broke up because uh and they got broke up and then felicity got paralyzed and then she got better and then she was dating a cop who got murdered, and by the end of the season where she was dating the cop who got murdered, she was back with Oliver. Right. Yeah, so I felt like this was something that was supposed to, like, you know, going to be on the cards. But mm. I feel like if you're going to have a big proposal like that, it shouldn't be in a not-your-episode of a series. And it also shouldn't be at somebody else's rehearsal dinner. Because even yeah. though he was trying to it fairly on the down low, like, her sort of shouting, I don't want to marry you, has just made, like, a big deal yeah. and i'm not you know not to be a bridezilla or anything but if anybody had proposed at my like day before my wedding meal or on my wedding day i would have straight up done them a murder <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i'd be like get the fuck out of my wedding still my thunder like, bruh, my wedding. like come on bruv <laughs> yeah yeah come on man have some respect show some restraint i thought the conversation for the between oliver and felicity was very funny and very well done yeah. Um, I especially like the line where she's like, no, I don't want to marry you. Can we just talk about something else? And he was like, it might surprise you, but I'm incapable of speaking about anything else right now. <laughs> yeah. Oliver doesn't get jokes. Like, he's not given jokes. Like, that's the funniest line he's had in years. Aww. Like, that's a shame. <laughs> he's just, the writers just don't give him jokes. He's the straight man for everyone else's joke. Like, that's always been Oliver's role. And, like, once a season, he can say something funny. Like, last season, he do- he's doing a speech about Christmas, and he because uh, he's the mayor now. He's doing a speech <laughs> about Christmas, and he's like, my favourite Christmas movie is Die Hard. And he pauses for the laughs. 
Like, it's uh, genuinely that Oliver thinks he's very funny, but isn't <laughs> funny in real life. Like, it's a, it's a great meme that Oliver isn't funny. And, like, there's another bit like, in the episode where Barry and Oliver are getting their suits, are getting suits fitted the day before the wedding, yeah, Oliver. Of Jesus course. fucking Christ. <laughs> and, yeah, they're getting their suits fitted. And Barry makes a, a very bad, good, bad joke. And Oliver just walks away. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, so basically, Oliver's talking about how him and Felicity have just got back together and he doesn't, he's not sure he wants to get too serious right away. And Bar- he's like, oh, you know, there's all, he's like, you know, next week I'll be murdered by serial killers or something and it's pretty shit for Felicity. Uh, or like, I'll be bombed or she'll be stabbed. And like, he goes through all these lists of things. And, and Barry's like, look, we're superheroes. Shit goes down every week. If you wait for shit to stop going down, you're never going to get married. And uh, Barry's like, and Oliver's like, I thought I was supposed to be your mentor. And Barry's like, I've been known to catch up pretty quick. And he does this really good closed lip smug smile. <laughs> and uh, and Oliver's like, and Oliver just walk, literally just walks away. He doesn't say anything <laughs> with a very slight smile on his face as soon as his back is turned to Barry. And Barry's like, uh, you didn't, you didn't laugh. You laugh at my joke there. <laughs> like he's like, he's like, did you, did you get that it was, did you get that it was a joke? Like it's very funny. Uh, like that whole episode is just full of like very, very good. These actors know each other very well and can play off each other very well. Comedy jokes. Mm-hmm. You can clearly tell that they all work literally right next to each other. Apparently, the studio lot that they film on in Vancouver is like four warehouses. And each warehouse has all the sets. Like, <laughs> so they like, they eat lunch, like, they eat lunch together and they all hang out all the time. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. If you follow Mr. Terrific Echo Kellum on Instagram, he's constantly posting pictures of him hanging out with like Katie Lots and all the other characters. Oh, which is great. That is adorable. Mm. But yeah, I like the, I like the Alex Danvers, uh, Sarah Lance budding <laughs> romance. I mean, the thing about that, like, <laughs> it was, it's one of those things that, like, it, I was happy that they made it seem quite natural and they do seem to actually yeah. get on very well. But, like, that was the thing. Like, when Rich put the episode on, before any anything had happened, he said, he said to me, the only thing you need to know, really, before going into this, is that Alex and her girlfriend, Maggie, have split up and that's all you need to know. That's all the catching up you need to do to watch this show and I was like great and he went what's the betting she shags Sarah and I was like it's it's fairly high (laughs) and then as soon as they started chatting at the bar Rich was like not even an episode in (laughs) (laughs) like the the bit when she wakes up very hungover in bed next to Sarah is really funny yeah it is Uh, (laughs) <laughs> and, and Alex Danvers also gets to make her joke of the entire season, where she walks up to Kara in the morning wearing the sunglasses, like, are there no clouds on this earth? Like, it's fucking great. Like, there's a lot of very good comedy in this in this first episode. Yeah. The wedding ceremony's got a lot of good jokes in it. I like that uh, Wally, who is Iris's brother and, like, Kid Flash, and all of, like, you know, pretty related to the family, pretty big is not on the podium as a groomsman, but, like, Cisco and Oliver are there. He's barely he's in not, this episode. He's barely in the whole crossover, <laughs> and I feel like he was massively wasted. <laughs> he's been massively wasted this whole season, because they're like, 
Oh, with that hairdo, they should be pushing him yeah. front and centre. Oh, look, yeah, new hair. Like, it's fantastic. You don't see any black guys on TV with chemically straightened hair. Like, it's just great. And you see the coat he was wearing. He was wearing a purple velvet tuxedo. Oh, looks like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like it sounds like. And, like, he has, like, one of the coolest moments in that fight where he does the bullet-catching dance, which is very funny. And then, like, literally, he does that bullet-catching dance, and he is not in that whole crossover again. They don't say, like, he was captured or, like, he was knocked out of the wedding. He's just not in it again. Like, if you... I've watched it again, and I paid close attention. He literally... He is in the ceremony room at the wedding, and he has maybe one line in the whole crossover. It's very, very weird. It is. I thought it was odd that they made a very strong point of Cisco getting knocked out so that when he wasn't in the second episode much, you know, nobody whinged because he was yep. knocked out. So it's fine. But in that, literally he just disappeared. And, like, I kept expecting him to, like, come back and save the day somehow. Like, he'd gone off, I don't know, whizzing around the world to find some sexy yeah. weapon or, like, I don't know, something useful. But, but he literally, it's like he's just, after that ceremony, he's like, oh, I've had enough of this. Yeah. And just goes. <laughs> like, what? Like, they didn't even do a cursory, like, oh, uh, Wally's gone to check on Jesse in Earth 2 or, like, something like that that would have explained why he's gone. Yeah, and nobody cared. Nobody was like, yeah. did he get killed? Or? They don't explain why the legends aren't there at all. Like, they don't explain why all of the other characters didn't come to the wedding. It's very strange. Like, the choices they've made in terms of which characters to use and not use, and then, like, I get, I, you know, I know why the main characters of the show, the crossover, were Barry, Oliver, Sarah, Kara, uh, Alex... Jax and Stein. That's very, like, mm -hmm. it's very easy because Jax and Stein are the main focus of the final two episodes. Well, Barry, Oliver, Kara, and Sarah are the main characters of their respective shows. It works, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, I really liked Alex and Sarah's, like, relationship and how they had, like, several moments across all four episodes. Sarah saying, how's your butt, is a very funny line that made me, like, do a bit of a spit take. Like, that whole theme is just great. Especially the look on Kara's face where she's genuinely trying to hold back. Like, you can tell Melissa Benoist finds that incredibly funny and is trying to hold back laughter because her face is just this, like, creased up smile about the whole scene. <laughs> and, like, it, I, I don't know if it's because she never gets to see Alex Danvers crack a joke or be funny, but, like, yeah, it's it, it that whole scene is great. Uh, I I loved the I loved the episode. Uh, I loved the first episode the most, and mm -hmm. uh, I think I I could probably talk for the whole forty five minutes about just that first one. <laughs> There's loads of great banter and. Yeah, the thing is, we've already talked for like 35 minutes and there's still three episodes left and we were going to keep this high and tight. Yeah, so three minutes per episode, okay. Well, we can, I think we could almost entirely skip episode two because like, my, only, my only two notes that I made, well, there were three notes I made about that. One was about how much I loved Rory just chilling with a beer yep. on a bed. Great. Another was about the CGI on the sequence with the building site that was just some of the worst CGI and camera work I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> like it looks like a video game <laughs> and a really bad one at that. But that was the that was the Arrow episode, and Arrow very clearly has the lowest budget of all the shows for CGI. But that I find that weird because isn't that sort of like its flagship 
one? Isn't that the one that people love the most? So, like, Flash is the most popular. Right. Like, by quite a margin, Flash is the most popular. Arrow is the first. But I think because they started Arrow cheap, they've never had to scale the budget up. So the budget's just gone to Supergirl and Flash who need effects every episode. Right. Like, Arrow can get by with a little bit of green screen and some ropes. <laughs> yeah, that's true, I suppose. My um, my third note as well was, um, like, you know the guy who actually played Eobard Thorne? Like, the guy who doesn't have Tom Kavanagh's face? I've forgotten his... Matt Lesher. There you go. Does he just, like, hate the Flash now, or do they just pay Tom Kavanagh? Does, like, he have a clause in his contract where it's like, I've got to play at least six versions of me every season? <laughs> because, because there's no need for Thorne to have Tom Kavanagh's face in this at all, is there? Except for the fact that, like, I don't know, we all love him. Sorry, <laughs> uh, somebody asked Matt Lesher on Twitter if he was still reverse Flash, and he was like, until they tell me otherwise, yes. And <laughs> I think that the the, the very... Uh, for me, I think it's all budget. I think that they already pay Tom Kavanagh as a series regular, so getting him to suit back up into the reverse Flash outfit mm. makes makes budgetary sense because they don't have to pay Matt Lesher to do four episodes as a guest. That, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I could, like, it just cracked me up because they tried to explain it in the episode, but it was so like flimsy. Yeah. It was just like, oh, this face bothers you, doesn't it? And I'm like, not by this point. They see it every day. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, they, they've got over that, sort of. <laughs> they did a very funny, like, throwback to, I think it's in episode three, where he comes in in the wheelchair with the glasses on <laughs> and then stands up and he's like, Fuck this noise. Like, it's very, very season one Eobard Thorn, which I had a lot of fun with. Yeah, uh, I Also, uh, the Earth 2 Harrison Wells is fucking brilliant. The bit when he's throwing the rubber ball, and Cisco's like, That's, are you throwing a ball? He's like, oh yeah, is this annoying? And he's like, yeah, it really is. It doesn't say anything, he just keeps throwing the rubber ball. I, um, I have mixed feelings about Harrison Wells, because, like, I like this version of him. I hated the guy with the drumstick. Like, that guy drove me mad. HR. And I hate it, yeah, and I hated the Council of Wells a couple of episodes ago. The Council of Wells was so fucking bad. Yeah, it was uh, just the worst. the worst makeup since Joran Barrowman's flashback wig. <laughs> um. I love that wig. It's so bad. You see the you see the, the clip. I, I think I sent oh you a clip. It's, yeah, I died. It's like Dawson. It's like Dawson Creek's like fucking centre parting. It's <laughs> real bad. Yeah, the Captain Wells is bad. I liked HR at the end, but at the beginning, I was like, "You have Harrison. You have Earth Two Harrison Wells, who's like incredibly good, and I feel like you fucked up by getting rid of him." But it looks like Earth 2 Harrison Wells is back forever now, so... I hope so. I think that they realised that HR wasn't a great pick. But I think he went out well. I think the, the close of that season was quite good for his character. Yeah. Like, he's one of those characters that I feel like I probably would have accepted for, like, an episode where they were like, oh, we need a new Wells, let's get a different one in every time and see how weird and annoying yeah. they are. Like, I'd have been fine with that, but he stuck around for, like, a Started to roll me up. Like I liked the original, like central conceit of that Wells that he was just a sci-fi writer <laughs> um, that stole ideas from other from another person who was actually good <laughs> and wrote the Harrison Wells sci-fi novels. Like that's quite funny. Like that was a good joke, but that was kind of it. Yeah, pretty much. 
But we should probably talk about this crossover. Yeah, we probably should uh, skip it. Episode 2 has ropey CG and has the very bad let's reveal who our secret identities are bit (laughs) where, like, Arrow, Evil Arrow, the the Fuhrer, Evil Arrow, and General Kara, who is called Overgirl, like, three times, and Supergirl X, like, 90 times. (laughs) And she also never refers to herself as Overgirl, not once. No. So, like, there's no way they could have known that. (laughs) Everyone just calls her the General. Um, And then, I love, there is a great bit where the reverse Flash, whose eyes glow red for no reason, uh, pulls pulls his mask off, and it's Harrison Wells underneath, and he's like, hello, Barry, it's me, Eobard Thorne from Earth One. Like, he very specifically identifies himself. <laughs> he could have just been like, it me, dog. Well, the thing and, is... like, I wouldn't really care. Yeah, the thing is, he's the only one who's actually just wearing his regular old costume as well, because the others are wearing, like, weird yeah. black and red versions. No, he's got an FS Flash logo on his, on his chest. Yeah, but he's... Pretty much wearing like the black and the yellow. Like there's no, there's nothing purified about his costume. Like he doesn't look any like. This is why I think it's so insane to me that they didn't immediately know who these people were. (laughs) Yeah, uh, and like I thought, Overgirl's costume was actually great. Yeah, I liked it. Like that's the only new costume this season. Uh, Well, that costume and Barry's new Flash outfit. And you can tell that, like, they just got in a good costume designer this year. Because, <laughs> like, the Ray's costume is good. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Super Overgirl's costume is good. The new Flash costume's fucking incredible. Yeah. The Citizen Cold costume was really good. Like, they, they did a gr- great job this season. Uh, this year, even, I guess. I'm looking forward to seeing if Monel has a costume in Supergirl this year. Because last year he just wore cargo trousers. <laughs> Aww. That's marginally disappointing. Yeah, he just wore black cargo trousers and a black turtleneck, and it was like, dude, you just could wear like t-shirt and jeans. You don't need to go tactical. <laughs> yeah, you're flying. Nobody's gonna. <laughs> yeah. What are you camouflaging right now? Yeah. So at the end of this episode is when a bunch of them get captured. I forget how that happens. There's like a fight, like a the... warehouse or some such. Yeah, they get drawn into the warehouse by Overgirl and. Uh, Thorn, and they get they get they get beaten because Metallo beats Supergirl, and uh, Thorn beats Barry as he somehow always does, even though Barry's beat a lot of better hardcore people since. <laughs> oh, hey, buddy! Sorry, my cat's meowing at me. He wants something to eat. Hello, cat. You can wait. Wait till oh, we're done recording. I just heard a tiny mew. Uh, he's extremely loud. He's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like. Oh, the one thing that I genuinely really want to talk about, which is, it was the best moment in the shittest episode, was the Tommy is Prometheus reveal. Like, the one that you were like, I don't know who this character is, (laughs) I couldn't care any less. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was just like, who's that guy? And everybody was going, oh no. And I was just like, who that dude? (laughs) He is the only character that has died and stayed dead in the entire Arrowverse. Like... (laughs) Everyone else is back in some form or another. What like Laurel is back as Black Siren, and uh, Barry's dad is Jay Garrick from Earth Two, and like there's like everyone's back. Harrison Wells has never died ever, even though he died three times. <laughs> Tommy is the only person who's died and stayed dead, and he was like he was Oliver's like 
closest best friend when he when they were little. He was like his childhood best friend. He's basically the Diggle character in season one. Like Diggle takes his place from season two onwards and becomes Oliver's best friend. But like it was like he was a big character because um, he was like he's like Oliver's first failure as well. He's the first person he couldn't save. Mm-hmm. Like basically last year. That they've always said that Arrow had a five-year storyline, yeah. and that after that they'll continue if they felt good about it. But they planned season one to five completely before they even started the show. And like I, they, they were doing a lot of stuff in season five that was all about bringing Arrow, bringing it full circle. Mm-hmm. So like the flashbacks in season five were set during season one, so it was really really cool. Uh, mostly because, like, season one of Arrow is maybe the best season of Arrow. So they're, like, hearkening back to the first season, like, bringing around all these themes again. And I was like, so Mark and Merlin was the villain in season one, and it was an evil archer. And in season five, they had an evil archer who was the villain. And it's like, this should just be Tommy Merlin. This should be Tommy. He's He didn't die in the first season, and he spent four years watching Oliver and training and learning how to be a motherfucking badass. And he's done the same thing that Oliver did, where he went away for five years and he comes back. I was like, this would be perfect. Problem is, Tommy is a series regular on this medical drama called Chicago Med that films <laughs> in Chicago. Oh. So he literally was like, they've wanted to get him back multiple, multiple times. Like, he was going to be in the 100th episode of Arrow, he was going to be in all this stuff, and they just, they've just they never been able to get him because his schedule's always been too tight. Oh. But for this crossover, he finished a day of filming at Chicago Med at, like, 5 o'clock, flew to Canada from Chicago, filmed all of his scenes in one, like, hour-and-a-half block, and then flew back overnight and start filming Chicago Med the next morning at, like, 7am. Oh, that's madness. Yeah, he did it, like, literally, he was like, this is for the fans, it's for Steven, it's for, like, Arrowverse giving me my shot, basically. Oh. And so it was a really, really big deal for me, personally, because Arrow is my favourite of the shows. A lot of people were talking about it online as well, that, like, big fan theory last year was that Prometheus was Tommy, and it would have definitely been better than what they actually did. But... (laughs) Like, what they did was actually pretty good. Last season of Arrow was pretty good, but Prometheus being Tommy would have been way better, and that was a really, really cool moment. Um, and I hope that people listening to this episode have watched the show, because that was, like, a jaw-dropper for me. <laughs> like, that's one of two jaw-dropping moments in the whole show, because mm-hmm. everything else had pretty much been spoiled in advance by, like, clips and things like that. See, one of the uh, one of the things that dropped my jaw was not that. It was in uh, it was in episode three, and I don't know how I managed to get around spoilers for this because as soon as he popped up, I went insane. And Rich was like, "How did you not know he was in it?" But it was Wentworth Miller popping back up as uh, as Leo Snart. I love him. I'm watching episode three on the train, and I see in the credits special appearance by Wentworth Miller, and I went yes <laughs> under my breath on the train, <laughs> like it was. I was literally so happy because obviously, like, I knew that he was going to be in it, and he'd said that he was gearing up to do his final Arrowverse episodes. Yeah, he's like, once once these are done, I'm not coming back, so I want to go out on a high. And like, it looks like he might be sticking around for I was just two appearances on Flash. Not to spoil when we get to the end, <laughs> but like at the end, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna stick around on Earth One for a while. 
Yeah, it, for no reason. There's no re- I mean, aside from yeah. the fact that maybe it seemed to me like he wanted to cheer up Rory, which was adorable. <laughs> but I was like, you've got you've got a boyfriend, mate. <laughs> you should probably go back to your Earth with him. Like, Ooh. Although I don't know why he goes back to Earth X, because he's from Earth 1, the Ray. Yeah. Like, why doesn't he stay too? I love Russell Tovey. Because he's the only metahuman in the whole of Earth X. So... Oh. Yeah, they might need him. You know what I would totally 100% say would be great? Is just the only reason he stays behind in Earth 1 is to ask the Ray's parents for permission for to ask him to marry him. Oh my god, that would be so adorable! And then, yeah. and then he's like, thanks Cisco for helping me, and he goes back. But he helps them solve a murder or something while he's there. <laughs> I was going to say, because they don't really need anybody with freezy powers now that they've got... Um, Killer Frost. Killer Frost under control-ish. Yeah. I, uh, I love when she turns into Killer Frost at the wedding ceremony, and Rory's like, yeah, that's my kind of lady. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole time he's just trying to make her do it again, like by yeah. creeping up behind her and shaking boom to see what will happen. <laughs> I think we, oh, I think we all I mean, know that. I think we all know the best character of the year is definitely Mick Rory. Like he's oh, absolutely. It. Uh, the episodes last season where he was, he thought he was having visions of Snart were really good. So in season two of mm. Legends. He kept thinking he was having visions of snot, and he was really upset. He was like, oh, I'm going mental. I'm really guilty because my friends died, or blah, blah, blah. And then it just turns out that it was Reverse Flash had taken uh, snot from an earlier point in the timeline where he was still a bad guy and was like had got him to join onto the, the evil squad and was just dropping him off on the Wave Rider to fuck with Rory. Oh, no. Because there's, like, one episode where he's like, you're just a vision of Snart that I've been seeing, blah, blah, blah. And he just knocks him out. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Oh, brilliant. Uh, but, yeah, so season two was, was all right. Season two, episode two was all right. It, it's the weakest of the four, but it had to be there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it just set up a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, like, they do the really heartbreaking bit as well where... Um, uh, Caitlin's talking to Stein about what he's going to do when he stops being Firestorm, and I was like, mm, "This is this is triggering my Spidey sense. Shit's <laughs> going to go down." Because he's like, "I can't wait to give up all this dangerous shit and finally be a normal man, and I'm going to teach my son how to play chess, my grandson how to play chess, and I'm going to regale him with stories of all my adventures." And I'm like, "Nah, bro, you ain't surviving this. Like, come on." <laughs> Well, that, I mean, it's like the Vietnam episode where he's showing a picture of his wife. Like, <laughs> Richard already told me that um, Victor Garber had already announced that he was not that he was leaving, um, yeah. and so he was like, he was like, it'd be pretty cool if they killed him because like, yeah. <laughs> sounds awful. But I really didn't is, expect them to do it because they don't no, kill I mean, characters off, really. Well, this is the thing. I was quite. I know it sounds really mean, but I was kind of looking forward to it because one of my biggest criticisms of um, Civil War was that there's no stakes because nothing happens to anyone. Like, um, yeah. what's his chops does get crippled, but then he gets some like super mega metal legs, and so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, like, like aside from a couple of butt hurt feelings, like nothing occurs in that movie, and it really mm. riled me up because I was like, there are, there's no stakes here. Nobody's gonna die. Like, what am I even? I think also the characters are in jail. Well, yeah, I suppose, but like, yeah, yeah, like they can all get out. They're superheroes. Who gives a crap? Whereas, like, yeah, this 
it felt like the kind of story where it couldn't really it, it could have done with somebody dying because then yeah. it really makes you feel like oh no they were genuinely in like a lot of fucking trouble but i didn't think they'd be brave enough to do it nobody's ever died in a crossover either like they've literally the the deaths there's uh, there is in every single season of the superhero cw shows there's usually a big death mm-hmm. but there there hasn't been i think last season we were actually pretty death free <laughs> but uh but previously a character has died in every season like yeah. season 1 of flash uh eddie thorn dies Season one of uh, Arrow, uh, Tommy Merlin dies. Like, somebody gets taken out every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and then, like, uh, Tom, uh, Oliver's dad, Oliver's mum dies in season two. And, like, mm-hmm. there is pretty much usually somebody. And, like, no, but no one's died in a little while. And definitely not a main cast member's died in a while. So it was quite cool to, quite cool that they had the balls. I don't know, we're, we're massively getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we've skipped episode three, even though episode three is really good. Episode three is really good. Let's actually talk about episode three, and then we'll come back to the Moida. So I thought the Ray was really good. Me too. The only thing that I would say about him is that, like, because we first sort of meet him in, like, that sort of, like, prison camp, um, because he's Russell Tovey, like, you knew immediately he was going to be a thing. (laughs) Like, the instant that he says two words to him, it's like, oh, Russell Tovey's, oh, he's going to be... He's going to be something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You knew he'd be a character, and like they'd already talked about how they were debuting the Rays, the first gay male superhero mm. in the shows. So I was like, okay, yeah. Like as soon as Russell Tovey came on, and they're like, why have you got that pink triangle? And he's like, I got it for loving the wrong kind of person. I was like, all oh, right, it's because he's gay, cool, um, and he's the Ray. I am. Um, I don't think his accent was bad, but I found it jarring as fuck because I'm so used to him being like adorably British. <laughs> I yeah. was like, "What's going on here?" I actually, yeah, I thought his accent was really good, like a lot better than most English actors on those shows. Yeah, like point to except for the guy who plays Jax, Franz Drama, because he's in. He's like super North London twang in real life. Yeah. Oh, isn't um, isn't Wally English as well? I feel like Wally's English. I don't know. I might real quick look him up. Wally West. <laughs> Keenan Lonsdale. No, he's Australian. I knew he wasn't American. Oh, okay. But his his English his American accent's pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like all of the. I, I like. I can't remember what's going on. Yeah, I like the Ray a lot. I thought he was well done. Yeah, me too. I didn't realise how ripped Russell Tovey was. Yeah. I thought he was just like a normal nonna and then he takes his shirt off and like fuck me Russell Tovey what the hell have you been doing like you're only in two episodes bruv like calm down yeah no I uh that took me somewhat by surprise yeah but it's um no I love him I, I absolutely love him like I don't think I've seen him in anything that I've disliked him in I think he's great um and I think him and Wentworth Miller were like the most fucking adorable thing I've ever seen in my life no, uh, I, I want a fucking series lovely. of that <laughs> Lovely salt and pepper old dudes just kissing up. Oh, so sweet. And I tell you what I did really like about this episode as well is that Iris actually did something because um, I think I talked yeah. to Barry about this on the, one of the most recent episodes of Stacey and Barry is that it's been riling me up that they seem to have divorced her from any sort of real job. Like, she's not a journalist yeah. anymore. She's not a blogger anymore. She doesn't have a job at CCGers. Like, she does nothing. So she's her job is now 
being at Star Labs doing stuff. Except she's never actually yeah. really doing anything except like looking at a monitor and going, oh, there's a fire over there. Oh, there's there's a, a tornado guy over there. She's their Felicity without any hacking ability. Yeah, yeah. And That's she what she is. She can't do anything. And it's been riling me up so much because I feel like they've really sort of squashed the smarter side of Caitlin down quite a lot recently. And so, you know, they're the two main women Caitlin's on the show. Caitlin's become a superhero, not a scientist. Yeah, they're the, they're the two main women on The Flash. And so I want them to not be shit. And, and Iris is consistently yeah. shit. And the, act- the actress is bad. She's a bad actress. Yeah. One of the things I find really odd is her, her new role seems to be giving out sage life advice to everyone, like sure. especially Barry. But I'm just like, where are you getting this from? Like, you don't. You don't do anything and you don't... Like, where are you learning this? Um, so it was nice yeah. to see her and Felicity do stuff that wasn't just, like, tippity-tapping at a computer, even though there was yeah. a bit of tippity-tapping. Like, Felicity's like, like, Felicity's like, oh, I need to do... Like, we need to shut the power down. And she's like, yeah, I know where that is. Like, there, there was... She had agency. She, yeah. like... They had conversations that were not about Barry and Oliver. Yep. Like, it was, it was quite good. Like, the crossover passes the Bechtel test. I know, imagine that. The crossover, like, passes the Bechtel test in episode one in the first 20 minutes because Kara and Kara, Alex, and Sarah have that conversation and it's, like, not remotely about a man, which is very impressive for the CW. <laughs> that is true, that is very true because there is a lot of, uh, like, one of the main themes running through this is a lot of talk about are Barry and Iris going to get married and what's going on with Felicity and Oliver? <laughs> like, but like, yeah. why don't you want to marry him? And to be fair, I thought um, Felicity's point of the last time he proposed to me, I got shot and crippled is a pretty, is a pretty good reason to not really want to be engaged again. Yeah. But um, no, I uh, I actually th- th- my favourite thing about this episode was when um, so <laughs> like the premise of it is is there's a there's a breach that they know where it is now because there's like a small resistance of people, but the resistance want to like blow up the breach so that the the Führer and such can't get back home. But, like, obviously, our heroes want to get through it first so that they can get back home and save Kara, who's about to have her heart removed for reasons. And uh, one of my favourite things is when they try and break into the place and Oliver tries to pose as the Führer. And then... It's fucking great. I mean, what I love about that is that he's he's doing an almost convincing job of being a badass until, like, um, Sarah's dad, whose name I've forgotten, who is, like... Captain Lance. Quentin. Yeah. like Quentin he... Lance. How could you forget that beautiful name? <laughs> He's British as well. He's British. He, um, he says something about, like, oh, should we, uh, do you want to delay the deployment or should we do it now? And Oliver, like a fucking div, goes, deployment, and seems confused. And I was like, no, te- like, <laughs> the rule 101 of infiltrating a place and trying to seem like you know what you're talking about is seeming like you're knowing what you're talking about. Like, you've got, if somebody says, shall we delay deployment, say yes, because that probably means you're not going to just bomb a load of people. <laughs> but no, but the thing was, when he goes, so shall we fucking launch the weapon? He's like, yeah, do it. Like, <laughs> balls on Oliver, he's like, I can solve this. Fucking launch the nuke. I can fucking get this done. And um, so and there's a great bit where they all go, they all do the Nazi salute. They're like, "Hail victory!" And Oliver like looks around and goes, "Hail victory!" <laughs> it's very, very funny because <laughs> it's like so reluctant. <laughs> and you're like, "Like, bro, like, if there's anything that the Führer needs to do, it's a Nazi salute." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, bless you. Also, they just let Paul Blackthorne use his English accent throughout the whole episode. Yeah. Like, he's American, and he just does an English accent. And then he's like, yeah, I killed my daughter because she was a gay. Like, Paul Blackthorne's very good at this episode. He's having it up like an absolute treat. Oh, so much. He's chewing on all the scenery. Brilliant. Yeah. There's one bit, I can't remember what he says, but he shouts the very end of the line, and it sounds like the most cockney thing I've ever heard. I loved it. It's because he goes, do you think I'd give you a loaded gun before verifying your identity? <laughs> and, uh, and Oliver's got the gun, and like all the soldiers converge on him, and he's like, like there's, there's a look at Oliver's eye that's like, I don't need a gun to kill your ass, piece of shit. And then, just and then he just throws the gun in his face. <laughs> he throws it in his face, and it just takes the black one out, and he's not in that crossover ever again. <laughs> Oliver just fucking kills him with a thrown gun to the face. Oh, brilliant. The next thing he does is, like, <laughs> Oliver is, like, Oliver's a complete badass. And I think they've, very, they've done very well in Arrow to show you that he's essentially immortal and cannot die and is an expert with every single weapon. Like, there's a really, really funny bit in season two of Arrow where him and Roy are in Corto Maltese looking for Thea. And, like, they don't have their, like, Arrow gear. They're just, like, out there in, like, leather jackets and jeans. And, like, some guys, like, come at them. And Oliver, like, pulls a gun and just shoots eight dudes without even trying. And Roy looks at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's like, I'm not just good with arrows. And then just, like, goes off. <laughs> Brilliant. Like, it's a genuinely really funny moment that has stuck with me for the whole of Arrow. Because, like, any time there's, like, a weapon, Oliver's like, yeah, I'm really good at it. Because I'm just good at everything. Because Oliver is just Batman, but he doesn't give a single fuck about using guns. Oh, yeah, and he uses guns a lot in this episode. <laughs> also, Oliver has zero compunction about killing people now. Oh. Like Before, he's like, I'm only going to kill people if it's absolutely necessary. In this episode, there's a bit where he grabs a guy by the neck, uses him as a human shield, takes his gun, and shoots like eight other Nazis. It was amazing. It, when it gets to the bit where he's sort of facing off with the Fuhrer in the next episode, me and Rich were like basically yeah. trying to kill him, kill him. Because <laughs> we're like, this is going to be the only scene <laughs> where we get to see like one of the superheroes. Because Barry just fucking lets Thorn wander off. He doesn't even yes, capture him. He literally lets him go. of people that Thorn killed? Oh, my God. And he just lets him go. Put him in the pipeline, like, <laughs> you have a superhero prison, bruv. Like... What are you doing, Barry? What are you doing here? It's so weird, but but Arrow's just like, it stares him down and he just, just fucking shoots him right in the chest and I just shaved him. Yeah. Rich was laughing at me because I get so violent when I'm excited. And he, um, he shoots him and I just shouted, kick him in the face! Because <laughs> I just really wanted to see him like, kick him off the roof of that car. <laughs> I just loved a bit when he just like he screams no in an actually very good piece of acting by Stephen Amell and like six to his feet he's like I'll kill you and I was just like just kills him like zero fucking calm like he he doesn't he doesn't care a single bit about just shooting himself in the chest point blank yeah, he's got nothing like he does not care at all it's amazing. Self-hate on Oliver's got to be pretty strong to not give a single fuck about that. 
Oh my word. But yeah, so episode three is pretty good. It's got Win from Supergirl as a badass freedom fighter general, yeah. which isn't a hundred percent convincing. No, there's something awry with his face though, isn't there? I don't know what was going on, but he looked like he'd had an allergic reaction to something earlier in the day. And that was throwing me off because So they they've grown him a beard and flattened his hair out. <laughs> I feel like he's quite well done. I think that it's semi-unrealistic that after, like, 80 years of Nazi rule, there are still, like, black and Jewish people around. Mm-hmm. Like, just just to be clear, it's been a pretty long time. Uh, it's pretty easy to ferret people out. But they did, like, pretty, they did pretty well in keeping, like, all the characters, like, keeping true to their character. Like, they refer to uh, Felicity as a Jewess. Yeah. Which is quite good. But yeah, so episode three was good. Uh, and it ended on a cliffhanger, which I thought was really stupid because episode four was shown directly after it in the US. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the way that American shows work is that they have four advert breaks and the beginning of the next show starts like 30 seconds after the end of the previous one. Brilliant. But the advert breaks are internal to the show. So between shows, there's no break. But like in between the shows, there's breaks. Which is super weird. That is weird. So yeah, Stein, like, Jax and Stein are there, firestorming it up, and then there are, as always in every Legends of Tomorrow episode, two objectives that they can only complete while separated. (laughs) So they, like, split off, and Jax is, like, pinned down by machine gun fire, but Stein's like, nah, fuck this noise, and gets very, very shot, like, four times by a machine gun. So shot. And... All of the blood everywhere. Yeah, he collapses on the floor, and there's just a pool of blood, and then the episode ends, and I was like, yeah, all right, this kind of got me. I, I would watch the next episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. I'm invested. Uh, mostly because Stein is one of the better characters on Legends as well. Yeah. I- I'm a bit sad that he's that he's gone now. But, like, see, this is the problem with the time-travelling show, though, is because, like, obviously yeah. he's not going to be in it again because he has left the show. But, like, there's no reason yeah. in my head that they couldn't just go back to, like, a year before and be like, mate, you should probably go spend some time with your fam. <laughs> like, I think that they explained that you can't, part, like, change events that you'll participate in or you break time because they did do that in Season 2 and they broke time. Right. Okay. Uh, so, basically, you can't re-participate in events you participated in mm-hmm. in the same way that Doctor Who says you can't do it. Yeah. Basically, timey-wimey bullshit. This episode, so, like, it absolutely bamboozled me that that it starts back up and he's not dead yet. Like, yeah. <laughs> because that pool of blood... Because Jax's connection is keeping him alive. ...was something, yeah. And so they managed to complete whatever objective it was. He was trying to pull a lever. I don't fully remember what that was yeah. for. But, like, one of, the, one of my favourite things about this episode is... Um, I think Ray Palmer gets one of the best entrances in anything I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> because, yeah, he's great. He's so good. Because for inexplicably, for some reason, they're keeping Iris and Felicity alive so that they can watch them do a surgery on Kara and take her heart. And um, Thorne is try- he's trying to do the surgery, but he can't can't get the scalpel in. And like the fear is like, fuck you, like, get, get on with it. And Thorne's like, yeah. I'm trying, mate. I don't know what's going on. And there's just a teeny tiny palmer just holding onto the scalpel like, not yeah. today, son. <laughs> that is yeah. so good. It's so good. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I miss him. I like him a lot. 
I need a very quick pause so I can feed my cat. How dare you. Barry, do you want some food? Yeah, so back to the old legendos of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the fourth episode's definitely the second best one. There's some genuinely really emotional shit in that episode. Oh my god, so much. <laughs> the conversation that Jax and Stein have together is so emotional. Like, they've really sold that relationship this year really well, and they kind of haven't sold it well previously. And this year was like the first time that they got it right. I'm happy that they sent Stein out on the year that they made his character really relevant and good. He's always been a good character. Um, yeah, Stein's been really well characterized this year. Like, his daughter's having it, had, had the baby, and he's like, I want to be a granddad, I don't want to get murdered in space-time. Spoiler alert, it does happen, and he does get murdered. <laughs> but, like, he goes in a very good way, and he goes, like, pretty early in the episode from memory, having watched it, like, two hours ago. He basically, like, Jax's life force is keeping Stein alive, but Stein's very dying. And he's going to take Jax with him. That's, that's the, that's the that's crux. The, crux. Like the, the, yeah. big, the big thing, isn't it? That if he dies, Jax will die too. Yeah, so there were definitely there were two moments in the episode that made me a little bit weepy sad. Mm-hmm. The mo- first moment is when they're talking about being, like, Martin's like, uh, you're like my son, I love you, no father would... Like, there's no father that wouldn't sacrifice himself so his son could live. And I was like, and like, Jax has to, he's like, he can't get the the vial that disconnects, he can't get the potion that disconnects them. Jax has to hand it to him. And like, Jax is like, no, you can't make me do it. Like, that's really, really good. Uh, And when he actually dies, and like, he's like, oh, say, like, tell Clarissa and Lily that I love them, and like, all of this stuff. I was like, oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> fucking CW, like, stay away from my heart's <laughs> And then, like, yeah, and then you have, like, the bit when Sarah comes in and sees that Stein is dead, Aww. like, and Jax just shakes his head, like, she looks at Stein, she looks at Jax, and Jax just shakes his head, and he, like, and she, like, walks over and just kisses him on the head. Like, that's that's really sad for me. Like, that was a big moment. Yeah. And then I gotta say, like the thing is, they did they did kind of ruin the mega sad when they did a bit of a montage later of everybody being sad about it, and Ray yeah. Palmer was looking at a photo of them dressed as cowboys, and I, for some reason I couldn't stop laughing at that because it was like they'd gone to I don't know like American Adventure and dressed up and had a yeah. photo taken in sepia. Like it was just... well, Ray was the only one who cried. If you look at it, no one else cries. Everyone looks sad as fuck. But Ray's got, like, tears going down his face. Jax yeah. cries as well, I guess. But, well, like, yeah, he cried, Ray's he cried, genuinely cried. sitting there crying. The um, Everything is balanced, though, by, like, possibly my favourite joke of the whole crossover, which is when, when um, Earth-X Snart is talking to uh, Rory, and then he says, yeah. oh, leave me alone, you're, you're not the real Snart, you're just a gangbanger. <laughs> yeah. in this like somber episode of people dying and he's just like ah you're just some sort of like sex fiend and i was like (laughs) (laughs) 
start does feel like like let's get very very clear that Wentworth Miller's uh, Captain Cold voice is fucking incredible it's and amazing. it's the most panto villain like that's not what he sounds like at all he's like ah, I think you mean doppelganger Mick like fucking incredible like I'm so like the fact that the guy like Russell Toby could take him seriously when they're having conversations that's about them being gay lovers or whatever like the fact that he's not just like why would I marry like fucking dick dastardly like, <laughs> he's perfect though so perfect. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect. Like Legends of Tomorrow, if you watch seasons, I know you haven't, you, you aren't a big fan, but season two is just a panto, and it's like Neil McDonough. Like Neil McDonough has like the biggest piece of scenery in his mouth in every scene, <laughs> absolutely having it up, having the best time being the most panto evil villain of all time. He's like, I'm going to murder you all for fun. They're like <laughs> incredible. Uh, and like, <laughs> literally, there's nobody who's, like, the most seriously played actor in that whole se- season is John Barrowman playing Malcolm Merlin. And he's he's just, like, I'm not going to that. being like, even like, the joke of Malcolm Merlin is that he was season one's big bad in Arrow, and now he's just like, <laughs> This shitbag with a robot arm. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, you shit Oliver Kai's arm off. Like, that's the whole joke. But he's like, like, the reverse fashion. Like, I'll go back and change history and change some shit for you. And Malcolm's like, I can get my arm back, right? And like, baby Dark's like, I want to fucking drop a nuclear bomb on New York in the Nazi war. Like, he's insane. So yeah, season two of Legend Tomorrow is basically Doctor Who on American steroids. It's very weird, it's very funny. Uh but yeah, so Stein dies and it's really sad. There's a great yeah. bit where like Sarah's in the corridor and Oliver finds her and he's like, Hey, you're right and she's like, I'll cry when I'll cry at the funeral. Uh, I thought that was a very good like she's just male Oliver now. Like that's kind of what they're setting her up to be. Mm-hmm. She's oh, sorry, female Oliver. Oliver is already male. But yeah, they're just setting her up to be female Oliver and fronting legends in the same way that Oliver fronts Arrow with all the other superheroes in it. And I think that's really, I think that's a good idea. I think that legends needs a central character and yeah. they kind of haven't had one properly for a while. Well, yeah, I've got to say that was one thing about this episode that threw me a bit because there's not been that many episodes in series two. They seem to have about six times the members. Because <laughs> in this episode, there were like three women I had no idea who they were, and like a bunch of other people, and I was just like, "Rich, who's who's all of what's happening?" <laughs> got a clue? Yeah, so they got they got Isis, Vixen, and uh, Citizen Steel. Nate, Nathan, I can't remember his surname, but his his name's Nate. Yeah, he makes the Man of Steel fighter. But I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a really good character. Like, he was my, one of my favourite characters in the previous season because he's a historian, so he actually knows something and can be helpful. <laughs> and he's got a cool superpower and one of the better costumes in the Arrowverse. Oh, speaking of costumes, like, I'm going to say something poss- possibly controversial. And the thing is, is this is one of those things that I think just doesn't translate from the comics at all because I like it in the comics, but I hate it in this. I absolutely cannot with Mr. Terrific's face tea. 
I can't. <laughs> Every time he talks with it, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I just, I can't take him seriously at all with a big black T on his face. Like, I just, and the thing is, is, people keep saying it's like, oh, it's like it's a really good disguise. I'm like, no, it's not. It looks exactly like him with a T on his face. I'm not. I'm no, not but that's why he puts his hair in braids. Come on, guys. Like, yeah, because that's a cool. He magically is able to put his afro in braids in like 30 seconds. And like, I know people with afros, and it is impossible to do it in under like half an hour. And he's like, everyone suit up. And like 10 seconds later, he's got like full cornrows. It's like, wow. all right. All right, guys, where's your, where's your hairdresser at in the bunker? <laughs> but yeah, so like, yeah, I, I think he's, Curtis, a.k.a. Mr. Terrific, is a great character that they have absolutely no fucking idea how to use. Right. Like, they created this character, they've added him to the main cast, and they're like, here we go, it's a black guy, he's a gay guy, he's, he's you know, filling out our diversity quotient, he's a really good character, he's works well with Felicity, works well with Oliver, works well with all the other characters. But he hasn't had a storyline in, like, a year and a half. Oh, that's a bit of a Yeah, and, like, Dinah gets incredibly short shrift in this crossover, and Renee, the wild dog. Wild dog Renee has the best new costume this season, apart from Flash. I don't think I know who that is. Oh, he's the Spanish dude with... The Hispanic dude with... Um, he wears a hockey mask and, like, bulletproof vest and fires a gun. I don't even remember seeing him. <laughs> Oh, he, he's in it. All of Team Arrow get really short shrift in this crossover to a point that I was a bit disappointed because he got like quite a good few lines in the previous crossover. Like, and he's my favourite of the new the set of new characters. He's quite he's really well done. He's the um. Did you watch Reaper, the Kevin Smith fantasy TV show? I did not. Oh well, he was a main character in that, and he was very funny in that, and they brought him over. Now he's in uh, Arrow. He's very funny in that as well. In kind of a dry, like he's basically the Mick Rory of Arrow. Right. So like he's not as over the top, but like anytime anything like sciency or like clever is happening, he's like, I don't give a fuck what you guys talking about. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like we've gone on for quite a while now. Like an yeah. uh, forty-five minutes longer than we intended to. <laughs> to to briefly sum up the rest of the episode, I will say that I was very glad they got in a slow mo walk of everybody <laughs> just going yeah. out slow mo. And I didn't use that music, but it would have been good. There was a really good usage of slow mo where the, there was this huge fight going on, and then suddenly everybody stopped. And I was like, "What's happening?" And then I realised it was from the Flash's perspective, and they were having yeah. this huge, epic, long, like two-hour-long fight that was just taking place in like thirty seconds. I thought yeah. that was really cool. It that ended really very cool. poorly. I was going to say, cool. <laughs> the fact that Barry lets him go is ludicrous. Yeah. It's like, you won't kill me. He's like, yeah, all right, sling your up, mate. It's like, no, no. <laughs> he's like, he's like no, you, I won't kill you, but like, you could capture him. You don't have to kill Like The options aren't let him go. He killed or your mum in front of you, Barry. He's killed so he many people. Oh he's killed so many people. He was about to kill a bunch of your friends. Like, he's just like, yeah, all right, see you later, bruv. Like, that's so yeah. weird. See you next season, right? Right? But yeah, so, summarise, uh, good guys win, Nazis lose, Nazi mm-hmm. Oliver is dead, Nazi Supergirl is dead, and Martin... Because, why? Yeah, feels like, yeah, I'm off, all right, see you later. <laughs> and uh, Martin's dead which is pretty sad. Oh, the other moment that 
put a lump in my throat, which was uh, probably the saddest moment in this show, is when Jax goes to tell Stein's wife that he's dead. Oh, my God. Uh, I was like, oh. they did not need to show this, and they specifically did it to make me cry. Oh, it's the, yeah, that was so sad. And then the daughter comes on, like, she's already <laughs> crying, and the daughter turns up, and Jax just shakes his head and makes a sad face, oh. and, like, oh, it's rough. And then she's got the baby at the funeral. Oh, uh, the funeral? Yep. The funeral made me angry, because <laughs> I'm an arsehole. Uh, the funeral made me sad as well. Like when It made me sad, but it was Caitlin that made me saying something nice. Yeah, but she didn't, did she, Caitlin? Like, you would think that she would be what, you know, because she really admired him and she thought he was amazing and stuff. And what she says to him is, will you tell someone else who's dead that I love him and that I miss him? I'm like, that's weird. That was good. That was a sad moment for me because, like, she, like, the death of Ronnie is, like, the, one of the two character moments she's ever had. And, like, yeah, Ronnie and Stein were, like, connected, living in each other's brains for over a year. So, like, there's a, that's their, their connection is through Ronnie. Like, earlier on, when they're like, the last Ronnie we were at was mine. Like, that's the, the, not to mention the fact that Ronnie was killed off camera because the actor had another job. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> and then we have a very impromptu uh, wedding with another bit that annoyed me. Because, <laughs> oh, God, I hate double weddings. Are you annoyed by Diggle? Oh, double wedding. Oh, uh, it's the double wedding. Like, I already knew it was going to happen because it leaked. Oh. <laughs> well, I didn't know it was going to happen, but like as soon as that scene started, I was like, they're going to get married and this is going to be really irritating because I know <laughs> I know, Iris and Barry have just said that they don't want to make a big deal of it. They're just going to slide off and get married somewhere, hopefully without Nazis. <laughs> like, But like the only two people there who who witness it then decide to just go, oh, do you know what we ought to do is we should get married as well. I'd be like, get to fuck the pair of you. Felicity interrupts the wedding. She goes, no, stop. Don't fucking pronounce them man and wife. Let me get in on this. Uh, I do like the bit when they're like, they're like, you guys got any vows? And I was like, nah, let's just get yeah, married. Can't, can't really beat what just happened. <laughs> that was good. But Rich did make me laugh because he was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if it like accidentally turned out a bit later that like Barry and Ollie got married accidentally and Felicity and Iris are then married and there's like hijinks <laughs> in the next season. <laughs> like Diggle just it like, like, Barry runs <laughs> Barry runs to Central to Star City. He's like, Oliver, uh, <laughs> we need to get a divorce <laughs> so I can marry Iris. I was like, also, I want half of your billions. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wait, he's not a billionaire anymore. I think Slade took his money or something. Barry must have more money than Ollie because he pays everybody at Star Labs, surely. Yeah, like, <laughs> nobody fucking talks about that. Like, I, this is, I say this every single time we podcast because we always talk about the Flash. And I always talk about how, A, Barry hasn't fixed the fucking roof of Star Labs. <laughs> it's been five years. He's superhumanly fast. So he can just fucking run up there and do some construction work. Like, it's an eyesore. Surely the Central City, like, mayor is like, yeah, bro, could you, like, sort this out? You are a government employee. Can we fucking get some roof fixing? Get some tilers in? Like, I'm like, like who pays? Like, Caitlin's got a doctorate. Like, <laughs> she's got to be getting a decent chunk. Like, where does that money come from? It doesn't come from HR's fucking Star Labs museum because nobody went to that. 
We saw that happen. It certainly doesn't come from Barry's actual job either, because he's really at it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I like I really like the idea that they've specifically engineered him to work for Joe, so that Joe can just cover for him constantly, and he can never he never needs to go to work. Like, are you going to get a work, Barry? Yeah. I don't think he's been in a lab this whole series. <laughs> no, he was in the lab. He was in the lab because he had the serial killer red, red cotton, uh, red cotton string the thinker board, which turned up within oh, ten seconds of, of him thinking the thinker was Devoe. <laughs> I mean, he is superhumanly fast, but like, it's quite funny that he already had the serial killer board within like one minute with like shitloads of pictures and news articles. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I love all of those shows. I, I, I say it all the time that I unabashedly love those shows, and like one of the reasons that I can, I feel like I can rag on them so much is because I do love them so much. Like at the end of the day, there, there's no other American shows now that I download in the mornings. Like, like those are the only shows. I, pardon me, that I watch. I, I've tried to keep up with Inhumans. I think I might have watched enough episodes and uh I, I still can't finish last season of agents of shield i just got bored oh, but these shows they just keep like there's so much of it there's like what how many episodes is it like 80 episodes a series like a year of these shows the more and more they cross over the better it is and i feel like they haven't learned that at all mm. the reason why thor ragnarok is so good is because the hulk is in it that is that is very true I I feel I feel like uh, the world's worst nerd because I have fallen really behind with a lot of um, like superhero telly. Like I haven't watched The Punisher yet. I haven't watched Defenders yet. I like both of them. I haven't watched Iron Fist yet. Iron Fist is okay. I haven't finished Luke Cage yet. Luke Cage, you can probably just <laughs> quit after the halfway point. I think I did. Well, I don't think I got that far. I think I got about four episodes in, and I was like, I'm bored now. But I've got to admit, the one thing I did really like about this crossover is that um, it felt a lot like it's a lot less heavy than a lot of the like Marvel Netflix stuff has been. It feels like very standalone as well. Yeah, but while there are like some jokes, like Daredevil does have some good jokes, like the like avocados at law and stuff like that. Like very funny. It is, it is funny, and like Foggy's very funny. But overall, it's like a very heavy going show of yeah. like. Like violence and grimy, grim crime times. The Punisher is especially that as well. But like, where is this? It was like a, it was about literal Nazis, and yet I still had a really good time like yeah. watching all four episodes. Well, you know, two can do one. But <laughs> I, I also would say that I think it's very clear that they looked at the current political climate and were like, "There is never going to be a better time to see superheroes punch Nazis." Yeah. Really oh yeah. The, the new Wolfenstein game made. All of their adverts this year were like, Nazis are bad, you can punch Nazis in Wolfenstein. And people were like, oh, they're making a big political statement. They're like, no, I think we all know Nazis are bad. I don't think that's a political statement. But then maybe it is in 2017? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Well, let's not get political on the parlour. No. But uh, I, I will say right now that there has never been a better time for me to watch fucking The Flash punch Nazis. Yeah. I can kind or of, Supergirl as well, in particular. Yeah. Or seeing Arrow put an arrow through a Nazi arrow. <laughs> like, yeah. Through the Führer. The win. <laughs> I would really, really like to see, like, somewhere down the line, like a fucking motion comic or something, of how Oliver Queen became the Führer. <laughs> Let's just go down that rabbit hole. 
Like, is it because he was rich? Was he rich and then he became a like a super soldier and then was like, fuck Hitler, and now he's in charge? I mean, I guess also, so. Also, there's definitely a bit where they all talk about how like Hitler was great, like all the Nazis. Ugh. Still, in summation, a great crossover that made me very sad, but then also... I know you hated it, but the double wedding made me extremely happy. No, like, no I hated it. Oliver and Felicity finally getting married six years into that show. Like, that was that was pretty big. I'm really looking forward to the next episode of Legends more than anything, though, to see what see the fallout from Stein dying. I hope that they, like, take an episode to actually deal with it. Yeah. Like, Flash, Flash took an episode out from superhero bullshit this season, and I feel like Legends could do that, too. Mm-hmm. I'd also like, I think that Arrow has the potential to take an episode out from superhero bullshit and do, like, a courtroom drama episode. Yeah. So, you know. I have no horses in those races. <laughs> like, in summation, watch all these shows, they're all great. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say, in summation, watch this crossover, because it was enjoyable. It was really good. They brought out um, last year's crossover, Invasion, as a standalone Blu-ray. Oh. And if they do that with Crisis on FX... I will totally buy that because I really enjoyed, I really, really enjoyed Crisis on FX. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to be at the point where I'm like, I want to watch Crisis on FX. Let me get out four Blu ray box sets to watch this. <laughs> God, first world problems, eh? Sam! Yes. Sam! Yes. Where can people find We've you, you long, on the internet? Stop. Yeah, shut your mouth, except to say where, where people can find you on the internet should you wish to be found. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and. Pretty much anywhere, actually, at SGCH, which, uh, if you need that phonetically, is Sierra Golf Charlie Hotel. That's cool, right? I know all the phoneticos. Yeah, so uh, you can also follow my cats on Instagram if you want. They're both really fucking good. Uh, you can find them on my Instagram profile. They're all linked. Pardon me. They're all linked there. And, uh, yeah, so Twitter's the best place to get in touch with me. So if you want to talk to me about El Flasho or Arrow, I I will literally, I'll talk with anyone about the <laughs> DC TV universe. So hit me up. Also, the How I Met Your Mother finale was fucking terrible. <laughs> it really was. It's been three years and he won't stop talking about it. <laughs> it's become a meme that we talk about it every single time we record, and I just knew I had to get it in. <laughs> if you want to find me on that there Twitter, do me a tweet at Stacey's Parlor. Uh, you can also join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlor Facebook group. Uh, leave a review on iTunes, donate some dosh to my coffee page, or never listen to me again, I don't know, however you feel. Thank you, Sam, for doing a special bonus episode that you sort of forced me into and then told me you wanted to keep short, and then we recorded for over an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> I think the problem is that we enjoy talking to each other and we just do it <laughs> for too long. <laughs> what we'll have to do is next time is we'll literally just have a timer and when it goes off we have to stop the call. <laughs> That'd be very funny. Like in the middle, you're like, yeah, so it was really sad when. Or it'll be like us going, oh, it was really sad. Oh no, the time's coming out. Oh my god, and I cried. And, it... and then it just ends. <laughs> and then I just shout, how about your mother suck balls? Really loudly. <laughs> oh, on that note, bye, listeners. See you soonish. Yes. We love you all, listeners. Goodbye.